Hi everyone and welcome to SAMA. Uh, SAMA is a program where we invite an expert to talk about their area of expertise. And this week we're lucky to have Patrick Durkin. He's going to talk to us about structured water and how it can improve your health. Um, now, Patrick um, has used structured water uh, to treat his lifelong illness diagnosis and it disappeared after he found um, he discovered structured water and he uh, immersed himself into the study. Um, he's going to talk about the ABCs of water, all the ways people use water to deal with illnesses, uh, both traditional and unconventional methods. Um, he's going to provide a background of what structured water is um, and including a discussion on sacred geometry, vortexing, pyramid and gem energies in water. Um, so um, welcome to our show, Patrick. I look forward to um, learning about structured water. So um, please, please continue. Uh, thank you so much for having me. I, it's such a pleasure to be able to share with you. I, I take great delight in being able to be here in my home in Massachusetts and um, be able to share a message that seems to just course through my veins and illuminate my heart and make me just do just about anything. So to, to be invited to share my passion, I'm very thankful for you. Thank you. Okay, so um, please tell us, um, what is structured water? Awesome. That's a great question. So there's, um, even though my company focuses on structuring water just a couple of ways, there's millions of ways to structured water. It's, it's like unlimited. And what structured water is, is water that the energy of the water is amplified typically using physics, so an energy-based technology. So we'll compare that and say what structured water isn't. Structured water isn't filtered water. It's not water that comes out of a tap that is untreated. It's not bottled water. Those are all lower vibration waters. So if we look at that beautiful mountain behind you um, yes. and, and think up, conjure up the energy of that and picture the cold water that would be running at the bottom of it and going mm. in streams, that's what we're talking about. Water in nature that's energized. Okay. And so if, if I was to uh, walk in that direction and, and, and uh, take, you know, uh, take a cup and uh, take a cup of water from a, a stream, would that water be energized? It would. It would. Yeah, the, the, the more natural the spot, the better. You know, we have all of this pollution these days, all of these electromagnetic frequencies. And, um, it, you know, if I turn on my network right now and ask my computer to find a wireless network, there's probably 15 networks that I can find. So Gosh. all of that energy is going through my body right now. Mm. Right? So the further you get to a mountain like that, the closer you get to something that's truly natural. So one of my favorite things to do to get free structured water around the world is wherever I go, I find out, well, what's the best waterfall there or what's the best spring? And I always go to it. And, you know, I look for those really natural experiences. So what can structured water do? Well, that is a question that has infinite answers. 
There's no, there's no ending on that one. You could, you could press play on me talking and walk away and I'll still be going in an hour and a half. <laughs> um, so what can structured water do? So if you look at, well, let's look at some basics for a minute. Most people think that they are about 70% water. And if we go online and we search the health professionals that, you know, have achieved something in their career but aren't in the water industry, and we see what they say, some of them are going to say you're 90% water, you're 50% water, you're 70% water. Most of them it'll average like 70%. So let me first start by clarifying the truth about all that. It changes throughout our lives. We come out into this world about 95% water. If you're unsure about that, just walk up to a baby and pinch its cheek. I love pinching baby's cheeks because they're so soft. They're so super hydrated. They're like 95% water. And then as we age, there's two types of hydration. There's intracellular and extracellular. And what's happening is very few people are drinking the type of water that we were made to drink. They're drinking uh, tea and they're saying, well, isn't this hydrating? Well, no, it's actually dehydrating. Or they're drinking coffee or soda or juice or flavored water or bubbly water, anything other than, you know, when people order water, they say just water, right? As though there's something wrong with having just water. So water is the is a natural thing and when you drink natural water it goes into your cells and it's intracellular hydration when you drink those ever other beverages it's extracellular hydration it passes through the body without going in and nourishing the cells so now if we if we look at you know the way we are created and and the basic understanding that's kind of as far as most people get to now, I'll take you a level further, and then I'll take you a level further. So the next level down is if you look at the structured water scientists, and one of them that's becoming quite famous these days, he comes from the University of Washington, out in Washington State in the United States. At the University of Washington, his name is Dr. Gerald Pollack, and he published a book in 2013 called um, the fourth phase of water. And what he's saying is there's not just ice and liquid and vapor, but there's a fourth phase of water. That's what I call structured water. He calls it exclusion zone water. Other people call it activated water, energized water, hexagonal water. We're all pointing to the same thing, so don't get lost on those terms. We're mm. all saying that there's a type of water that you add energy to and it kind of acts like a battery, it holds it. So this scientist, Dr. Pollack, in his book, one of the things that he teaches us is that our bodies, if you count the molecules, instead of saying by volume, my first answer was to you about volume, about 70%. Um, by number, it's about 99%. So 99% oh. of the molecules in this, in this body that I live in are water molecules. So that means like all of them are water molecules. And it means they're really, really teeny tiny and they're communicating a lot. And, you know, after you think about this for long enough, you start to say, well, 
geez, you can, if I turn on a dehumidifier, I can't <laughs> pull water out of air, right? Mm. Mm. So there's water in the air too. And then there's water all around the earth. And it seems like the creator of this planet and these bodies and all of this, that the number one thing that the creator emphasized was water. Now, that's the second level. Now we'll go to the third level. You want to know what can structured water do. So uh, what we've seen is we've seen tests where a solar flare was monitored on the surface of the sun and the information as light takes about eight minutes to travel to the earth, but the information was recorded in water molecules instantly. So there's something that is at, in my opinion, the center of the water molecule that connects all water molecules all the time. And so they've also done tests with people where they separate people by thousands of miles and they do readings on the two and there's instantaneous transfer of information. I would suggest that that's all happening in water. So when you say, what can water do? My answer is that water could do more than we could understand with our minds, right? That it is, it is a multidimensional experience that is literally mind-blowing for a human to attempt to understand. If, um, if there's um, a nuclear um, power station failure and water's used for cooling, um, wouldn't that water also then affect all other water if it is truly entangled? Well, we've had nuclear power station failures. Mm. And as far as I can tell, like when Chernobyl melted down in Russia, me sitting here in the United States, I didn't melt down. So I don't have a lot of direct experience to pull on for that, but it seems like the toxicity of it wasn't instantly available, but I bet that there was some tests that could be done that the information, the memory, there's something in a transfer of energy that could have been felt or experienced. Mm -hmm. That's a good mm -hmm. question. I rarely do I hear a question I haven't been asked before. And that was, <laughs> I'm, I'm bad that way. I appreciate that. Can do it again. <laughs> <laughs> now you mentioned earlier that um, tea was dehydrating. Could you explain that, please? Yeah. You know, one of my goals is to empower people. People think because I show up and I get interviewed, I'm some sort of expert or something like that. And I don't want people to think of me like that. And I don't want them to think about anybody else like that. My goal is to transfer my knowledge, my experience to others, have them hear it and hear for themselves what's true in it. And then take that and self-empower. They make their own choices going forward. So one of the things that I found is really important is knowing how to know whether something is beneficial to my energy field, whether something is hydrating for me, or whether it's taking me the other way. And so one of the things that I noticed is that the inside of my cheeks is actually a really good place to figure out what a beverage does to me. 
And I figured it out because um, around the same time that I was getting into structured water, I had a bit of a green tea habit. Yes. And I would notice that when I would drink six or seven cups of green tea, the inside of my mouth would feel all chalky and dry. You know what I'm talking about? Mm-hmm. So I've discovered that, um, that I guess there's four things. There's the dryness of the inside of my mouth. There's how my hands feel. There's um, my emotional stability. And there's my clarity and passion. And those are all signs for me of hydration. So I noticed that with drinking tea, I for sure fails the inside of the cheek one. And I haven't actually had tea now for quite a while. So I don't really remember the impact on my emotions and, um, and my, my kind of clarity and passion. So I don't know about that, but just watch the inside of your mouth. And if something dries you out, don't drink it. So, you know, an example would be, uh, I drank reverse osmosis for seven years. Those happened to be seven years that I was sick in my life. Hmm. I've noticed a lot. I've really observed reverse osmosis a lot. And I've noticed now I feel strongly about reverse osmosis. Most things that people like to do, I don't say, I don't like to use the words good or bad. I just like to provide a little education and let a person choose. But since there's so much information out there that makes the case for reverse osmosis, I guess I feel a little bit like a crusader that I have to like speak out a little bit on the other side, just so people can have a balance and hear for themselves. So I want people to know that for me, who's sensitive to water, reverse osmosis drives me out. It does not hydrate me. Wow. Can you explain to our viewers the differences between uh, reverse osmosis and filtered water or even maybe distilled water, you know, what the differences are in the, maybe in the, in the final product, which is water. <laughs> yeah. So you just asked a pretty big question to like really give them an understanding. I need mm. to teach for a minute. Okay. So uh, we're going to go into what I call the ABCs of water filtration. And so I'm going to do A, B, C, D, and E. So A is aesthetics. That's like smell and taste. So every filter, no matter how bad a filter is, does aesthetics. Because if you filter and you remove things from water and you don't make it smell good and taste good, nobody's going to buy your product, right? So that's the first level. The number one thing that people filter out of water is chlorine, right? Because they can smell it. They don't want it. They get an A filter. Um, you can get really inexpensive filters to be an A filter. Now, the next letter is B, and B is for biologics. This is for parts of the world that do not have chlorinated water. This is for water that, like if we went to that uh, mountain, there would be no chlorine, of course, and we would um, experience the potential for cryptosporidium or giardia or these type of B, biologics, biological material that's alive in water, hmm. right? So if your water's chlorinated, you don't need to know anything about B filters. Don't spend your money on a B filter. But if you're living from nature or you're capturing rain or you're living from a stream, 
then that's the t- person that would use a B filter. Any, any questions so far? Uh, not, no, 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 not from me. And I can't see any incoming questions yet. So, okay, we'll keep going, but I do, uh, I want people to know if you have questions to please do go ahead and, and ask them and I'm, I'm happy to, um, address them. So C is for chemicals. Now we live in an industrial world, right? And in this industrial world, we have factories spewing chemicals into the air. We have fertilizer putting chemicals into the ground. We have chemicals in our food. We have chemicals everywhere. So a C filter is going to remove the chemicals. A, a common technology used for that, probably the most common around the world, is carbon, a carbon filter. Um, but there's also charcoal filters and coconut shell filters and, and different things in there. <clears throat> and then D is for dissolved solids. And this is metals. This is like when your water goes through your pipes and there's um, solder, soldering um, from the plumber in the pipes and the water pulls that out of the pipes. That's a dissolved solid. It's the metals. So A, B, C, and D are all changing the chemistry of water. They're removing things. And now we get to E, and this is, this is where I live. This is my space. This is E for the energy of water. And in the E category, we change the water with physics. We change it with energy technologies, and that's what we use to make the water safe. So now that I gave you that background, let's go back to what you asked about, and let's see if we can do some comparing and contrasting. So you asked about uh, reverse osmosis, distilling, and filtered, right? Mm. Okay. Any other technologies that anybody wants me to compare and contrast, this is a great time to do it. So I'll go ahead and start with those. Reverse osmosis is an A, B, C, D filter. Um, actually, B is questionable. All right, I'm going to restate. Sorry. I haven't done this for a while. Um, uh, a reverse osmosis is A. It changes the smell and taste of water. B is biologics. Reverse osmosis is typically not certified to remove biological material from water, but some of them do. That's why I was a little confused there for a second. C is the chemicals. Reverse osmosis takes them out really well. D is the metals. Reverse osmosis takes them out really well. So if you want toxin removal, reverse osmosis is really good. It ranks really highly on the chemistry. But now in the E, reverse osmosis is bad. It takes us in the wrong direction. It splits water into two streams. And the funny thing about whenever man splits water into two streams, the water always tries to come back. So splitting water with reverse osmosis will cause the water to be more acidic. And if you watch and you mix that water with other water, it will come back to more of a neutral pH. Distilled water is the same on the ABCD scale as reverse osmosis and E as well. Same thing. It's not good from the energy perspective. And what I'll highlight this time in the energy world is that part of how water gets its, um, how it is energized is by using the minerals that are in the water. Like, you know what Gatorade promises with electrolytes to be an energized drink? Well, we get that in, in the real beverage that nourishes us 
from the minerals that are in the water. And then the last one you said was a filter. Now a filter, let me just distinguish the word. A filter is going to apply to anything that does A, B, C, and D. A filter is all about removing things from water. Um, and then um, filters don't do E. E is like an energy device. So just so, so people have like a perspective, this is an E device. You pour water inside the funnel at the top and it comes out the nozzle at the bottom. This is an E device. You pour water through it. This is an E bottle. So people don't understand these things. So I want to, you know, show them to them for a minute because sure. almost, almost every question a person would know how to ask me, except you who ask questions I haven't heard before. Um, they would all be from the chemistry. They'd all be A, B, C, D questions. And what we're going to do now is we're going to teach people about the E part, the physics, so that they have the opportunity to ask different questions and have a different understanding about water. And I see that there's a, a question coming in here. Is it okay if I read it over from the chat? Oh, absolutely. Okay, so it says, I have a Berkey filter that sits on the counter and removes chemicals, chlorine and fluoride. Can my IMRS PEMF, Matt, restructure the filtered water? Can my IMRS, so is that your technology? Is that the? Uh, no, we, no, it's not. IMRS PEMF, Matt restructure the filtered water. So I, I'm going to go with yes there. And, and what I'm assuming that is, is um, like a biomat that, um, that, you know, we use to change our energy fields. And, um, and the caution that I'm going to give there um, is that whenever possible, when I'm structuring my water, I try to move it toward nature and move it away from electricity. So if I had the option to structure without electricity, I prefer that. Um, yes, it is a biomat. Thank you for confirming that in the chat there. Um, so if I had the option to, um, to structure using your mat or nothing, I'd use your mat. Um, that it's, you're going at any time we can get you We've been living in chemistry, ABCD, always up and down in ABCD. And we can get you to go to E, Any anything we do there, even if it's just prayer over your water, that's an energy too. It's all in the right direction. It's just a question, what does one want to choose in that area? Mm. Um, a question has just come in from uh, Ronnie uh, Marion. Um, Ronnie's asking, um, if you do use reverse osmosis, uh, can you add minerals after that? Yeah, that it, it's a good question. And the answer is yes. It's an improvement to go RO first. Most people, when we start talking, again, the only questions they can ask are about the chemistry of water because that's all they know. So I think part of the reason that, that life, the creator, gave me this mission is so that I can be an example for everybody. Not like I'm trying to convince anybody, but just like I've examined how I feel about things. I've tried a lot of stuff and I keep trying all the time. And I also, I, I run this company and we have global phone numbers 
and thousands of people have called and I've answered the phone and talked to them one-on-one -on -one about their water. So I have a lot of personal stories from our customers about what they really do. And so why I wouldn't do that is that I don't want to strip mine my land and then build an organic farm on it. I want to um, recognize what are the uh, natural harmonies that I can cultivate in my land. And I want to let nature purify as much as possible. Now, if you live next to a toxic plant or there's something particular coming out of your well and you really have a substantial concern, then reverse osmosis with remineralization might be the best choice. But what, but what I like to do is encourage people to consider working with the physics of water, the energy of water first, and then find out if you want to add a chemistry filter as a complement. Um, there's one more thing to say about that, which, which often helps people to, uh, to come over to the light, as I might say, which is that with physics-based devices, there's no replacement parts and there's no maintenance. And so if somebody has to buy a new RO filter cartridge every year and they try one year and they're satisfied with just physics and not chemistry, then there's a huge savings for the rest of their life. So without knowing the exact situation, it's hard to say for sure, but I do feel strongly if we can avoid RO, even with remineralization, we're heading in the right direction. And if we have to choose RO, then adding minerals is the best choice afterwards. Okay. Um, I've got a question about um, distillation, distilled water. Now, when water is boiled, the first things that come off are the very are light molecules, which are the alcohols and oils, and they're quite often the and, and other chemicals, and they're the ones, they're the things you're trying to remove, and yet you're you're distilling that into the into the um, into the final water that you're going to drink. Um, is there is there a way that you can safely distill water, or is there is it best not really to? You know, what what are your views on that? Um, it's a good question. Let me think for a second. So at the beginning of that, you give a premise that uh, there's light that's removed from water as you're boiling it. I don't have any knowledge to support that. So are you aware of that from a particular source or? Uh, no, but I, I, I do know that um, after distilling water, um, quite often it has a, a, a taste and the taste is a chemical taste. And it's like the chemicals have um, come off, you know, with the water. Yeah. After the end of the process, there'll be the normal sort of gunge at the bottom. So it's taking some out. But the water's still got a very strong taste. Yeah. Um, so I guess the best thing to, be, to tell you would be to tell you what I do know about boiling. So, so I know that if we expose chlorine to air... It's going to separate from the water because it's a gas. And what happens is that the water company drives the gas into the water. They, they then put it under pressure in a long pipe. And so the water can't get rid of it. And then when the water comes out of a faucet, it begins to dissipate into the air. So boiling is a process that pops the water molecules on the surface, interacting with the air a lot. 
So if you wanted to get rid of the chlorine in water, a really good way to do that would be boiling it. As far so cool. as, yeah, as far as getting rid of other, um, like the C's and D's of uh, ABCD, the chemicals and the dissolved solids, I don't have any evidence or experience that suggests that those would be removed during boiling, but rather because some of the water dissipates, it would actually, the water becomes more concentrated. And so there, there could be more C's and D's in the water that may be accounting for the taste that you, um, that you share. I, I haven't experimented with that a lot, but those are the thoughts that I can bring to it. Okay. Um, the, 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 um, the distillation procedure I'm talking about is when just collecting the steam that comes off from the boiling water and um, making that water uh, condensate and drip into a, into a yeah. vessel. So, Two things have kept me from experimenting with that. One is I don't have a distiller and nobody's, okay. and nobody's ever given me one. Sometimes when people don't want their technology anymore, they say, hey. <laughs> um, but the second is that I know that distilled water is a water that is uh, very hungry. Um, there's a, um, a plant in Burlington, Vermont, uh, owned by IBM, and they have 11 grades of water that they need to use in their manufacturing process. And some of them are so pure as to be harmful to humans, right? It's not just water. It's like, it's so, it's so devoid of any energy that if it went in our body, it would strip the energy of our body right away to fill itself back up again. So the only time I would recommend distilled water is an emergency right, where you couldn't get clean water and there was biological material in the water. And if I was on a cleanse. So if I'm on a cleanse, the point is to disrupt and dislodge toxins and flush them out. If I give the body RO water, reverse osmosis, or distilled while I'm cleansing, it would actually serve to take things out pretty well. I've heard of um, mineral leaching from people that have drunk too much water. Um, would that be because they're consuming the wrong type of water? Yeah, that's what we're talking about right now with RO and distilled. We're talking about leaching. Yes. There's kind of a hypothesis in our world these days that most people think that it's normal to shrink a little bit as you get older. Right. And I've thought about that a lot. I'm like, well, what if that's just the cause is just caused by minerals being removed over a lifetime? Mm. So what if I just keep putting a lot of minerals in all the time? Like, you know, I don't want to get any shorter. So I'll just, uh, <laughs> I keep putting a lot of minerals in my, in my food and water. Okay. I don't know quite how to, um, this is really weird, but I'm just going to share it because it's what's happened to me. When I get exposed to really strong toxins, the top of my head on the left side tingles. And I started noticing it a long time ago. And now that I've been noticing it for a number of years, um, it's a lot stronger. And I actually noticed that when I was talking to you about the 11 grades of water in the Burlington factory, I actually felt I actually felt that space. So I'm pretty certain that some of those Burlington waters are really bad for us. 
So Scott yes. was asking about, do I use uh, laser lights or LED lights? So I had an experience recently where I was using a copier and something I wanted to copy was um, not flat. So I held it down with my hands and the light went right underneath my hands and I felt it go straight up through my arms and activate this part of my sensitivity. It was the worst version of that that I've ever experienced in my entire life. And for about 10 days afterwards, if I thought about what had happened, I, I got the whole feeling again. So mm. I think that there are a lot of types of light that are not supportive of us. And if I can avoid using light on something that I don't need to, I'm going to avoid it. I think the one, the one place where I would, I would be slightly open to considering that is if I lived in a really remote location and the only water there was biologically contaminated, and I felt like the only option I had to, to make it safe was through light, then that's when I would use light. Um, okay. All right. So the, the next question is, it's from uh, 826, uh, my time. It's, it says that I add uh, humeric and fulvic acid to my distilled water. Is this a good approach? Thank you from Carmela. Um, <laughs> So I think that's a great approach. I use the same thing. I use um, fulvic minerals um, for my water. And, and what I do is I don't, I don't put minerals in my water every day, but if I exercise intensely, then I always put those fulvic minerals in my water. So I think that that's a great choice. Um, okay, Lawrence, okay, Lawrence said, due to limited space in my kitchen, I've put in the device to energize water and then connect to the Filter, does the final outcome structured water? Okay, Lawrence, I think what you're asking is, can I combine an ABCD, a filter, with an E, a structuring device? So you're doing both, chemistry and physics? Good job. The only, the only thing I would suggest is consider trying water out of your faucet without the filter if you get a chance because you might find that the structuring carries the day, that it, that it meets your needs for quality of water. And then if you could not have the ongoing expense of replacing your filter, I bet you would like that. So I'd like that for you. So, um, you know, give it a try. And one of the things that I like to do is I say three days on and three days off. So what I would do in a situation like that is I would try the uh, filtered water for three days. I would try the filtered and structured water for three days. And then I would try the structured water for three days. And I would repeat it until one day my body would be like, no, I don't want that one anymore. And then I would know that one was out. And then I do the same thing with the other two. And that's how I figure things out. Um, all right, let's see. So is this why rainwater is so beneficial for plants? Because it is structured. Yes, Charlotte, that's exactly right. Rainwater is just falling right in the hydrological cycle. Like we live in the midst of this hydrological cycle. It's one of my great uh, marvels about life and why I think water is, is so special. I noticed that if I drop a drop of water on my kitchen counter and I leave it there, right? The, the idea that it would be separate or alone, it will disappear. It will disappear. It will go back into the air. So water is never going to allow itself 
to be separated. It can be for a short time, but it can always rejoin the oneness. And I, I just find some, some great comfort in that, knowing that like, I'm made of water and water wants oneness. Well, I want oneness too. So I have a lot of honor for the hydrological cycle. And yes, I've noticed even though I feed my garden with structured water, that there's nothing like if we get like two or three days of a light misting rain, the plants will just go bazango. They'll just grow in extraordinarily in that time period. So um, yes, uh, rainwater is wonderful. All right, let's see. Well, I guess if you're living in a, oh, it's just I'm going to uh, mention that if you're if you're living in a city, I mean I'm lucky. I'm I'm currently in these uh, snowy mountains. But um, if you're living in an industrialized uh, country in a, in, a, in a heavily populated city, perhaps the rainwater wouldn't be so good for plants or for... You know, I don't know. We just, we just have to look. You know, mm. we just have to look. Like sometimes we can go to nature and get water that's extraordinary. And sometimes we need a device to remind the water of what nature is like. So I don't know that I would be using much of anything if I was at the base of that mountain. And the further I got away from it, the more I would want to use a device that was an E device to remind the water of its natural born properties. Mm. Yeah. Okay. Let's see what Scott said. So we, we have a couple more. So Scott said, how does treating water with hydrogen, such as through electrolysis used in many Japanese hydrogen glass water bottle products affect the quality of the structure of water? Scott, it's a great question and I'm sorry the answer is gonna be dissatisfying. I, um, I, well, maybe it'll be dissatisfying, you'll be the judge, but I follow a path that is um, illuminated by my inspiration and passion. That's what I do. I don't need to read everything. I don't need to meet everybody. I don't need to answer every question. And the, the reading that I've done on hydrogen water is very appealing to me. It makes a lot of sense. But when I ask my, my passion and inspiration, is it in my highest and best interest in the mission that I have to learn about that and to experiment with it, the answer has always been no. So um, I'm not an expert in that area. And, um, and what I would say is maybe you can become an expert in that area. You can start experimenting with it. Use some of the techniques and tools that I've shared with you tonight about noticing the inside of your cheeks, noticing your hands, noticing your emotions, and noticing your inspiration and passion. And if you... Um, choose hydrogen water and you experience a lot of inspiration and passion, write me about it and teach me about it because I want to know. I'm not close to it. I just get that I'm not supposed to go spend a lot of time researching it. Um, okay. R Roddy's um, uh, written in to ask, um, do you have any more suggestions on how to make reverse osmosis water more hydrating? Yeah, I, I guess um, I guess Rodney must have a reverse osmosis setup, and yeah. so he just wants to um, make it it's more healthy. Good, it's a good question. So, Rodney, what I want you to do is I want you to remember that you're the expert, 
And then I want you to experiment and play and let water show you. So the first thing that I would do if I had RO and I decided to keep it is I would pray over that water. I would, I would pray over the device, the system, and I would ask water to show me the truth about what would be in the best interest of my biological body. So, so one is to bring your human intention. It's one of the, it's actually the most powerful thing we have. And so I would start there. And then the next thing that I would do is I would experiment with adding different types of minerals to the water. Um, the fulvic minerals we were talking about earlier is a good choice. They tend to be, um, they're not expensive, but they're not as cheap as salt. So I would also put Himalayan salt or Celtic sea salt in the discussion. And my rule of thumb with that is, if I pinch salt or put salt in my water, and pinching, I mean, eat it. If I put it in my mouth or put it in my water, if it tastes good, I need it. Because I've noticed that there's like a line where I can take a small pinch of salt, a small pinch of salt, and then on the third one, my face will turn. And it's just, it, it's horrible. So you can kind of experiment with what's the right amount of pinches of salt or fulvic minerals and see what you can do with it. Um, but also, I think the, the last thing to give you, Rodney, is, um, is challenge your thoughts. Why do you have the reverse osmosis? Are you open to the possibility that that is actually not a true understanding and that there's a deeper, deeper understanding? I have a lot of um, videos on YouTube and um, I address this topic in a number of them. Um, there's a recent one for um, secret for removing fluoride from water that's about 20 minutes that might help you with the assumption that you even need RO, because if you could change that assumption, then you could let it go altogether. Okay. Um, it, it's um, quite interesting, very interesting, actually. Um, uh, now, Elizabeth has uh, written in asking about colloidal, colloidal silver. Now, yeah. to, um, to make colloidal silver, you need to have water that is very, very pure, and it's pretty stripped from minerals, too. So... Um, for now, Spooky does do colloidal silver, makes a fantastic colloidal silver. But we recommend using distilled water for, you know, because any minerals that may be in the water will prevent the um, will um, cause the final product to be of uh, reduced quality. So, um, what what is your views on this? You know, I haven't worked with the Spooky. It's a new thing um, for me this week, and so you know, maybe you all can do some experimentation. Like I've, it's been an honor to be in your Facebook group and see uh, how active you all are with one another that you're really, it's, it's like a vibrant community of people really wanting to support one another's health. So um, perhaps you all can experiment with the waters, with the spooky and, you know, anytime um, we're changing the vibration or frequency of water, we're in that E category. We're in the physics of water. And everything we do down there is good. So, um, you know, it's my personal opinion that we're evolving. And, and what that means to me is we're developing sensitivities and understandings that, that weren't available decades ago, at least not to the masses. So a perfect example is like my sensitivity around toxins 
you know, if we were all hanging out in the same physical space and you all got to know me for a while and my thing started getting all sensitive, we would probably all move together because that's like a, a sensitivity that, you know, you just want to honor it. So in the five years, six years that I've been drinking structured water, I've experienced my pineal gland right in between here opening up. Do you know what that means? You know what pineal gland is? Yes, yes, yes. Right? It's a it's the organ right right in the middle there that um, is our connection to all that is. And what happens is it gets calcified, particularly from drinking fluoridated water, and then we don't receive messages as easily as, as we could. So over these last six years, I've been drinking the structured water. I've been doing yoga. I walk on the beach a lot. I garden a lot. I'm not saying it's just water, but water, I know that if I'm not doing the structured water, I don't get this because sometimes I leave my device at home and then it goes away. I have to keep nurturing it. So I've, I've had this experience of this. It's like developing a new sense in my 40s, like, all of a sudden, like I have awarenesses that I never had before and I have sensations and guidance and infinite creativity and inspiration and it's all coming through there. And so I think if I developed that, that everybody has it. And if everybody has it, then if I talk to you about it and you hear the resonance of truth in it, you can, because I'm doing it, you can say, well, I'm going to do it too. And then as more of us start to tell stories like I'm telling, then we'll see what more, what more we're capable of. And I think that more things will be shown to us the further we go down this road. So when you talk about experimenting with frequency and vibration on the water and learning whether the distilled tap water or regular tap water provides a better backdrop. And then you talk to one another about it and we spread that knowledge around the world. I think that's how we evolve. So I think it's pretty important. And there's always strength in numbers. Now it's interesting to note how uh, virtually all um, um, supply water uh, in, uh, in communities has been uh, supplemented with either fluoride or chlorine or both. And I'm just wondering, you know, whether listening to you now, whether that's having a, an effect on your pineal gland and, and your ability to logically think and um, assimilate knowledge. So for me personally, and for a number of my clients, I've experienced that the, for the people who, give me a second. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to see if I can say this well. There, there are some people, it's not all of my customers, and it's not everybody I know, but there's, there seems to be some people who, when they get around structured water, they overcome the hurdle of a closed pineal gland. Now, why does it happen with some of them and not others? I don't know. You know, maybe... I attribute that my pineal gland opens more if I go to yoga more, if I walk on the beach more, if I structure the water more. 
So like one of my big learnings is I went away with my, my family, like my mom and my brothers, and I didn't take structured water. I didn't do any yoga and they all eat meat and they eat sugar. And that's not how I usually eat. And I did all that for a week and I came home and I got to tell you, it was horrible coming home. This, this space that I'm in right now, it feels very alive to me. You know, like, like while I, when I go to bed at night, I say goodnight to the plan and tell it to keep an eye on the business. And, and I feel like <laughs> it keeps an eye on the business. You know, it feels very yeah. alive to me. And when I came back from that vacation, my sensation of my third eye was gone. So I felt like I used to feel like 10 years ago, like I, I had fear, I didn't know, my confidence was down. It was, it was horrible. And so I, I went for walks on the beach, I took showers, I drank a lot of water, I ate vegetables, and um, in a short time I got myself back on track. That's quite an interesting point, actually. Um, eating meat so close down your ability to really. This, this, I've never heard that before. I'll tell you an interesting story. At least I think it's interesting. I just went to Sedona, Arizona, which is like it's like walking on crystals. Yes. Right? Um, and I was with one of my mentors, and he's a very advanced being. And so what that means to me, I had the privilege of being next to him for six days, just the two of us, really. And I noticed how alive he is. Like he's, he, he's just buzzing and he's constantly receiving inspirations and having insights and his, his, his way of being is very deep and insightful. And so we had a lot of deep conversations. And oh, also during the six days, he fed me every meal. So I didn't make any choices for my body. So his intuition guided my body. I just surrendered it to him. And I said, you know, you're doing so well and you're humming along. Like maybe if you could um, just make those choices for me, it, it'll stick. Mm -hmm. So we did that for six days. Um, it was actually the deal was I paid for the rental card and he bought all the snacks. Um, <laughs> and so it was, it was a really good deal. Mm. And one of the conversations that we had, something that I've wondered about my whole life uh, became clear for the first time. When I was 24 years old, I had been chewing tobacco for 10 years. I had been trying to quit for multiple years and it's a, it's a tough addiction. And the reason I finally quit was because I noticed, like, let's say I still chew today. While we're in this video call, I'd be thinking about when can I get rid of those people so I can go be antisocial and go spit in a cup with my chewing tobacco. It was totally disgusting. But I, I was always thinking, how can I get out of this moment and get to one over there where I'm having this chew, which isn't even that satisfying anyway. So I, I, it was the weirdest reason I've ever heard of in my life. I quit chewing tobacco so I could be present in the moment. Mm. So fast forward now to my trip to Sedona with my mentor. He fed me and he helped me for six days to feel when I'm feeling now. This was a couple weeks ago that I got back. 
And what I got from being in his presence is that for, for my definition, and I'm not trying to educate anybody about diet, but for my definition, eating mostly fruit and a bunch of vegetables is what's right for this body. And why I've chosen to do that every single day I, since I've been home without exception, I don't even think I've had any wheat, like no dairy for sure, no meat. And I don't even think I've, I, no wheat either. So really? why, why I've made all those choices, because I've spent decades trying to align with a clear diet, is because I see him having the spirituality that I want. And because of that, if I was willing to give up addiction in my 20s for my spirituality, I'm willing to give up that now too, those foods. And so I've been eating really clean. And like, you know, as we're talking, I have like a really nice buzzing third eye going. Like I, I know how I'm speaking to you is not from my mind, but that I'm allowing thought and words to come through me. And so it's more like I watch Patrick talk and I get to, when I'm in that warm place, I get to like be amused by what comes out of him because it didn't come from my mind. It, it like, it came through me. I hope I didn't lose you there. Yeah. No, it's, 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 it's uh, fascinating what you have to say. Um, Ronnie's just um, written in with a comment uh, rather than a question. He's, uh, and he said that uh, before he started using uh, add, before he started adding minerals to his reverse osmosis water, his two-year-old son uh, used to consume a lot of um, Himalayan salt. And then after adding minerals, he's noticed that his son is no longer asking for salt at all. So it's really listening to your body. Maybe his son is uh, very attuned to his own body, and he knows he he really intuitively knows what he what he needs. And what and your your um your um your comment earlier, where you have some salt, and then all of a sudden the salt becomes uh. <laughs> Yeah. Okay. So there's, there's one level of this that's the practical. I put some salt in my mouth. It tastes good. I need more. That's great. Yes. But there's something yes. much deeper that you're scratching the surface of. So I spent the weekend with 10,000 people at a metaphysical show. And mm. I was uh, putting this type of water in these bottles out to the public. And this little girl came and she was made, maybe 10 or 12 years old. And her eyes are so bright. She looked up at me so bright. And I offered her a cup of water. And I had two different types, you know, like, like right here, I got a, a purple and pink one, and I got a blue and, and blue one. And I, and I showed her the two types. And she's like, oh, that. she knew exactly what she wanted. I gave her a cup. She drank it. Uh, I laughed. I was like, where'd that go? And, and we did that shit, I think, four or five cups. And she just, she just loved it. She just wanted it. When you see a kid or an animal, right, like our pets doing that, that's the signal for us adults who've learned too much and, and get too mm -hmm. much in our minds to pay attention. You know, those are the little signs. And, and you know, I love seeing animals and, um, and kids react 
to honor. It's, it's one of my mechanisms for knowing where the truth is. Because if, if, all the, if all the pets and kids don't like it, then no good. So, um, hey, we have a couple more questions that I haven't gotten to over here. So Carmela's asked a couple. She asked, do I use sure. shungite in my water? So shungiting water is great. Um, if you use it um, directly, shungiting your water, just be aware that it flakes, right? So you want to have a plan for dealing with what's breaking off. I don't know about like swallowing um, shungite or if it would get so small, it's not really an issue. But if you've got that handled, I would say it's great. And shungite's a wonderful detoxifier. Um, so that's a really great way. There is a, one of our uh, water bottles has shungite in it. So if one wanted to get a bottle that was already made with shungite in it, that's available. Um, uh, Carmela also asked, am I using a Mobius coil to induce energy into your water? Um, thank you from Frank. Okay, not Carmela. There we go, Frank, this time. So uh, Frank, I haven't used a Mobius coil, but I would. Um, it, you know, if somebody gave me a distiller, I'd probably put it downstairs and not use it. But if somebody gave me a Mobius coil to experiment with, I'd probably go in the kitchen and, uh, and start playing around. So I would definitely try that. And then um, there's another one here um, from Charlotte. I live in a large metroplex and my neighbor has a water catchment system to water all her gardens and produces the best edible plants I've ever seen. That's awesome, Charlotte. You know, what I've learned in my garden, you know, being in the water business, I wanted it to be all about water, right? I wanted to say, I found the right water, I put it on my plants, and it's a miracle. That's what I wanted. And I've had that experience. Like, it's really great using structured water garden. But there's also uh, other considerations, like the quality of our soil and our accessibility to sun. And I think it's important just to remember that it's not an isolated thing. And so um, the more natural we can get, the better. So the more we, like I live right near the ocean. So I like to uh, go down to the bottom of the hill at the end of the season and get a whole bunch of seaweed and bring it up and spread it all over my garden. Like that's minerals, right? I like to uh, go to a farm and fill up a pickup truck full of horse poo and spread that all over my garden. Like the more that I, that I put in every year that's natural, um, the better I feel. So, you know, whatever we do to, um, to add more, um, nature is better. And then um, the last- The, the horse poo is good for- <laughs> The horse poo is good for giving the neighbors something to talk about as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's true. Um, and then the last uh, one here in the questions you're not seeing is if Shanghai does break off, would that be like uh, a, taking a C60? Um, thanks again, Carmela. So I don't know what C60 is, but um, I'm guessing it's like a detoxifying um, uh, type pill. So I, I don't, I don't have any fear about Shanghai. I just, I just want to like bring up, be aware of it in your water. Um, okay, Carmela's saying it's a carbon 60A. Still new words for me, Carmela. Um, but, you know, generally, I think a little shungite in your body is going to be fine. <coughs> Excuse me. So 
can I take a water container and put in crystals and that makes the water structured? What, yeah. what would I do if I? Yeah, you know, we're actually, um, we're actually structuring water right now while we talk, right? Mm. So in my space right now, on my computer, that's moving the structure of my water toward Discord. Okay. I have these devices. They're moving me toward harmony. And I have this Dolomite pyramid. It's moving me toward harmony. I got this little pyramid. I actually like to, to put that one on my head. Um, it feels really good up there. And, and I put it on so much that sometimes I can just think about it and it feels like it's on my head. That's moving me toward harmony. So all of these things are structuring our, our water. When we breathe, we're structuring. When we choose our words, our words actually impact our DNA. We are structuring water. So what we're not aware of is that kind of all of life is in structuring water and it's either moving toward more harmonious or moving toward more discordant. And generally, if it's man-made, it's taking us toward discord, and if it's nature-made, it's taking us toward harmony. Right. Okay. Um, frequency imprinting. Can people use coils to imprint water? Is that a, in your? What, what is your opinion on that? That's a way of structuring. I would go with a yes. I haven't studied it, but I would. You know, I think that that's a good one. Now. I get asked to evaluate a lot of water structuring technologies and most of them I reject. Um, and the first question that I ask is how is sacred geometry involved? All right. So if you look at this one, this is my favorite and you look inside, the first thing you see is a pyramid. Can you see that there? Yeah. Yes. Yes. So, you know, we could take, well, not we, but people have taken food and put it in pyramids and had the food be alive after thousands of years. That doesn't make sense, like that the food wouldn't decay and rot and disappear, but to still be vibrant and alive. It speaks to the energetics. And those energetics, in my understanding, are derived from sacred geometry. So if I can get involved with sacred geometry, that's kind of the first thing for me. So you all have a community that's using frequency and programming. So that's kind of the starting point for your experimentation. Perhaps we could do a follow-up in a year or in six months and you all could teach me, right? I'd be happy to dialogue with the group about water and to help form questions and to help us create understanding together because you all have kind of chosen that technology first. It's a, it's a lead point for you. It's like part of your life. And so since you have that as part of your life, that's a strength. Like let's use that to learn from and, and find out. Um, I probably – yeah, my guidance wouldn't be to like run out and start doing it with imprinting technologies. I'd rather do it with sacred geometry and vortexing. But 
you can definitely do it and I want to learn more about it. So if anybody starts having discoveries in that area, please do communicate with me about it. Um, I do have some questions coming in. I seem to have lost, when I went for the walk in the forest, I, um, I lost the ones that had been asked, but I'm seeing the new ones now. And one that's come in is um, a question from uh, Ari. I hope you've, um, I've said your name right, Ari Hartland. Um, is freshly made fruit juice structured? Oh, that's a good one, Ari. Um, so, and I have a really good answer. So this guy I was with in Sedona, He's, uh, he's a bit of a health coach, and he has uh, guided me through some fruit cleanses. And uh, the first time I did a cleanse that was like all melons, and you know, melons are like a lot of water. What I noticed, what, I did it for 28 days, so there was a really good opportunity to, to find out what was going on. What I noticed was my water intake was about cut in half. And it took me a little while to realize why. Oh, my needs are getting met from the water in the fruit. So I'm not reaching for the bottle of water as much. So I'm 100% sure that fresh fruit and fruit juice does have structured water in it and that it's a really, really great source for you. Great. That's wonderful. Um, now we're getting close to the end of the summer. Um, was there any other um, points you wanted to mention, Patrick, before we before we close off? Um, um, we've we've touched on um, pyramids um, and the sacred geometry. Um, oh, is there another question coming, Sam? One more question coming. Um, Ronnie, uh, he's asking again. Um, oh, this is one that's really. Um, applicable for Spooky too. He's asking, um, is there any particular frequency um, that w you would like to suggest that you can imprint from Spooky to uh, provide best results and achieve good health? Well, um, I think probably, Patrick, it's best if I answer that because you've um, not had too much uh, Spooky experience. But um, um, there's now you must know, Ronnie, that um, Spooky Two has got thousands and thousands of programs, and many of them are for in, uh, body entrainment and for healing. And you can um, put in pretty much any frequency into water um, for good health. Um, we'll answer you um, after the summer show because it's not a it's not a it's not a short answer, but um, it really depends on what type of health you're in at the moment and what your body needs. What um, Patrick has said is listen to your body. And um, it's, it's what I've said in several other Sammas too, Patrick, where um, you've got to become more tuned with your surroundings and with nature and work with nature rather than against. And um, your comments, you know, where you're talking about your pineal gland opening up after, your, uh, after the calcification is dissolved, it's absolutely fascinating. I'm just wondering, you know, where, whether um, mass um, dosing of the population of chemicals is designed to sort of dumb people down and close off that eye. It is. What, what are you? It it absolutely is, and and that's why I'm so clear that I want to be speaking like this, and I want to be talking to other people because when you get with the people, just like a group of people like this, and it, and we're all open hearted, we're trying to heal, our intentions are open. It's just, you hear the truth. It just makes sense. 
yes, we're being poisoned. Yes, we can do something about it. So, you know, so I, this gives me a good chance to, there are a couple places I could go right now, but one <laughs> of them, I'm going to take this one first. Okay. So it's my belief that I can't see the world except through oneness now. I've thought about water so much as the connecting force that to let go of that as my primary identification would be to give up what I know to be true. So know that I come from there. So if everything is one thing, then everything that happens, happens in my mind to move us to love and joy. That's, the, that's my experience of the point of life is for us to live in love and joy. So if it's all one thing and we created an obstacle for ourselves and the obstacle looks really, really scary, then there must be a huge breakthrough of love and joy through that door. So the idea of fluoride as being scary is pretty strong, but yet I've gone through that door and I now know my body is completely safe with fluoridated water and then I can have all of the expansion that I want in life. So we as a species, we the people are responsible for our creation. We've created a leadership that is poisoning us and we've created this technology now to get together in these Facebook groups, 10,000 people at a time millions later, to come together and say, what are we up against? And how are we going over this hurdle? And so I would suggest that because we, the people, outnumber the, the others 99 to 1, or even more than that, that as we come together and we share our truth and we see that we can overcome anything, we can change the weather. We can change our sensitivity to toxins. We can change anything. As we share those stories and we self-empower and we sync up and we find our courage, that's the pathway to changing the world that we live in, such that we take back the power from the corporations, which are really mostly made up of the 99% of people not the 1%. It's mostly just people. And if all those people open their hearts and see the truth, then we'll just stop flying the chemtrail planes, planting the GMO seeds, putting the fluoride in the water. We'll just stop because it takes a person to do all that. And if you can't find a person to do it, everything's going to change. So that's my vision for, you know, where we're going. And that's, that would be my closing note. But now I want to go back to, um, <laughs> what, what you were talking about, about the spooky too. So uh, I like that you have various programs. Do you have one that can um, create the 528 frequency that people attribute to love? Is that how? Absolutely. Okay, great. We have. Yeah. Awesome. So if I was trying to structure water with the spooky too, one of the things that I would do is structured at the love frequency. Because I'm finding that like what's making everything else work in my life is that I just keep deepening 
my desire to understand oneness and to love all that is as it is, not as I want it to be, but as it is. So if I could expand love in my heart, then that to me would be on the top of the list of things to try. And then I would probably think of doing something weird that you guys wouldn't think of doing, which is if you're trying to show yourselves and learn together, does imprinting frequency with the spooky two in water cause the type of breakthroughs that you want? Is there one among you who's willing to go the other way? Can you put a negative frequency, a frequency that might be upsetting? Can you put that into water so that you can have a contrasting experience? Because in the contrasting experience, you'll determine that the harmony is really pulling you and it won't be ambivalent anymore. It's like my trip to Sedona got me to such a high plane for long enough that I'm not ambivalent, at least right now, about my food choices. I might totally lock it. Next week's a uh, big holiday week in the U.S. I could be in trouble, so say a little prayer for me because uh, I'll be with my family and they'll be putting out their pies and their meat again. But I, I think I'm going to be in good shape. So, so perhaps having the contrasting experiences would allow you all to determine with real strength and clarity what a difference you can make. Mm. The spooky community is a huge community and we get feedback from thousands and so um, we we have found that um, through the through the massive reports, you know, which programs are suitable for what, and and of course the um, the database within Spooky is always evolving, yeah. always growing, yeah. always being refined. Carmela and Frank said, uh, "Thank you very much for your time. We'd love for you to come back to chat about water. We've found that this frequencies from Spooky Two has also opened up our pineal gland. I had a tingle through the hand and arm the other day from picking up a jar." When I checked out the jar, it was colloidal silver cream from Carmela and Frank. So that's just fantastic. Like, I literally think the number one thing we can do as a species right now to save ourselves is open our pineal gland. And I think that the more, <laughs> the more tingles and jitters, like, I think we're opening telepathy and we're opening up, like, see, when telepathy is strong, then somebody who's trying to uh, harbor an illusion in front of us, we just see through them. We just, we just feel yeah. like I, I have so much depth of understanding now that I didn't before when somebody's speaking to me, like they can give me two lines and I hear paragraphs and paragraphs and paragraphs of what it really means about what they're saying. And I think that that's the development of these senses. So, um, one of, I was a financial advisor for 18 years. And one of the ways I knew I had to get out was whenever I talked about moving away from what I was doing, I would get lit up by goosebumps. I was like, well, who doesn't want more goosebumps? You know, like that was exciting. <laughs> so I just kept moving toward it. So Carmela and Frank, like, like keep doing that every day. And you can even visualize like a tube of golden light going into your head and just, even if you don't know what your pineal gland looks like, it's, it's kind of this pine cone looking thing about this big. Just picture your pineal gland getting bigger and bigger and bigger. It's all, it's all good. Very exciting topic. 
No, I think uh, Ronnie's pretty keen to have the last word. He's um, just sent in another um, message. Um, he's asking, asking um, would it be correct to say all imprinted waters are structured waters? Yes. It would actually be, it would actually be correct to say that all water is structured water. It's just how is it structured? So in that question, what Rodney's implying is, well, if I'm imprinting it, I'm imprinting it with some form of harmony. So that's mm -hmm. good. It's good. We all have nice intentions and we want to use the spooky too and our human intentions and everything that we're doing together to, to raise vibration, to increase health, to increase vitality. But there are other people who are taking it the other way. Right. And so I think what we need to do, you know, this is so much better. Like it's nine o'clock at night for me now. This is so much better than watching a TV show, right? This is like, we're creating harmony and energy together. We are building uh, marketing to ourselves that this is the real life. And if you compare that to what's on a television or what's in the newspapers, they're marketing to us a fake life. But because they market it and market it and market it and market it and people listen to them, it occurs like it's real. So now we have to get out and say, no, I imprint my water and I open my pineal gland. What are you doing? Right? Isn't everybody doing that? And then we'll encourage one another to move in that direction. Fascinating. Well, this is the, uh, this is the, uh, End of the salmon for, for this week. I've lost count of what salmon number we are now. It must be about 29 or something. Let's have a look. I can see episode 30. We've, this is episode 30. Wow. And for those of you who are wondering, that's um, Sunshu in Chinese. Thank you so much for watching, everybody. Thank you so much, Patrick Durkin, for being on board. We've learned so much from you. I had no idea what structured water was before our talk today, and now I'm walking away. Um, uh, I'm endowed with your, with some of your knowledge, and, and uh, I'm, I'm very thankful for it. So thank well, you very thanks. much for your time. Yeah, thanks for getting the message out. And the good news is we recorded it, so if there's more that you want to get, you can watch it again. <laughs> Wonderful. Okay, and for all our viewers and uh, to Patrick, goodbye. Bye-bye. Right,